Hello again, and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond, and this is Rachel Burford, who is a World Cup winner, amongst so many other things, just in case you've been dwelling on the moon for the last <laughs> five or six years. Berth joins me to discuss all the latest news from the game that we love. Hi, Johnny. I love this time of season. Fresh from the festive break and charging towards the Six Nations. Yeah, here's what's on the agenda for our already second pod of 2020, week 18. Can't believe it. The Tyrrells Premier 15 returned last weekend. We'll review all the games as Sarri's made it 10 out of 10 for the season. Hard for you to say. And the Sarri <laughs> star, Vicky Fleetwood, can tell us all about that hard-fought victory over a Loughborough Lightning team who themselves hadn't lost since October. Yeah, looking forward to having Vicky catch up with us on the show. She'll also help us look ahead to the Six Nations with England kicking on to defend their title in Paris in a fortnight's time. Yeah, we'll chat about the squads that have already been announced. And of course, we'll look ahead to next weekend's New Zealand Sevens in Hamilton. And we're also going to have the new Wales Sevens boss, Ollie Phillips, on the phone. That is some coup, considering that was only announced yesterday. Yeah, you're looking forward to, uh, to having our friend Ollie Phillips on the pod but first how are you Berth all well how was the rugby writers last night yeah it was good it was great to see so many um you know people in the room mixing with one another um and do you know what was really nice is Giselle seeing her go up for a award it's quite funny I went and spoke to her after and uh, she said she had no idea Sarah Mockford was sat next to her and her reaction was did you know about this and then gave um a little nudge little punch to Sarah Mockford because she was like yeah sorry I did know <laughs> um oh, yeah little Sarah Mockford. <laughs> she's lovely um but yeah she was absolutely buzzing about receiving that award so it was nice to be there to see it yeah and look there, there are many people aren't there um you've got a a couple of fairly decent coaches at your your place Harlequins uh but in terms of being a female coaching women's rugby um She's she's smashed glass ceilings for, for quite some time now. Yeah, she has, and and she's uh, special to me. You know, two thousand and six, I got first called into England set up, and she was my first ever England backs coach at the senior level. So it was just nice to, you know, to watch her journey, to be a part of it, and and to see her uh, win an award. And honestly, her smile was just beaming. It meant a real, real deal to her. Yeah, I bet, and no doubt she probably celebrated with her. A glass or two. Straight to the bar, JD and Coke is what it was. There you are, great <laughs> stuff. Uh, look, we'll get into your game uh, uh, just a touch later on. Um, you've been over to Paris. Yeah. Looking like Arthur Daly in front of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Pulled it off, didn't I? Um, yeah, just popped over Google. to Paris, as you do. It's so easy, literally. Jump on the train in Paris in less than two hours. Have you not done the tunnel before? I've done the Euro Tunnel. Yeah, I've done it before, but you know, you just like, you don't really think about it. And then I was kind of like, wow. I know what you mean. Yeah, it was just so straightforward, easier than going into London. I mean, your travel plans aren't that interesting. What 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 were you doing in Paris? (laughs) (laughs) So Capgemini is the global, one of the global sevens um, sponsors for the HSBC sevens. um, And I was doing some work with them. So they've got a really good, fun initiative um, where they're launching an internal uh, Rugby World Cup. So all their countries, um, sorry, all their companies in different countries get the opportunity. They'll play like a um, tournament away from, sorry, at home. And then the winning team will get the opportunity to come to Paris, compete in a World Cup final during the, during the weekend of the Paris Sevens. Nice. Pretty decent um, company to work for. Yeah, I would have said so. Um, now, a couple of squads, a couple of news items. There's a squad's being announced. Wales was announced this week, so we thought we'd just have a, have a look at... Um, 
the squads that uh, the Scottish squad to to play against Spain has been announced as well. Ireland knows before Christmas. So let's just have a, a, a little run through. If we let's let's start with with Wales. Um, no, Roland Phillips around at the moment. There's a bit of mystery, a bit of mm. sort of shadows surrounding um, him not being being involved. Yeah, on, on a break and has been yeah since kind of November. Um, nicely links into his daughter Caris Phillips, who was captain for half the the November busy November that Wales had. Shonard Harris was the captain for the other half of the games. Neither of them included in that squad. A surprise for you? Yeah, I think definitely Shonard at the weekend was standout player. Um, and Wales don't have many standout players and she definitely has been one of them for over the years. So, yeah, look, something's not quite right in the waters at the moment. I think, you know, the whole thing around Roland Phillips, what is going on there? Who is running the programme at the moment? He's on a break is what they've said in the in the news articles. Um, you know, for two players to be your captains and then all of a sudden not involved at all, there's, it, doesn't, it doesn't smell right. No, I don't... I don't. Look, we, we 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 don't exactly know, do we? Look, there's plenty of of talent in that Welsh squad. Um, certainly, Eleanor Snowsill. You look at these kind of players. Alex Canada in in the background. Really, really like some really good second rows. Lock and Crab. Um, Alex Butcher's in the back the back row as well. Um, Kira Bevan, of course. So, so there's there's plenty of talent there, but. When you've got the kind of off-field issues, I don't know if it, you, you've ever had them, how much does it affect the squad? Because it's all very well giving the manager to the players, oh, well, yeah, everything's fine. And, da, da, da. and obviously, we're looking at Ollie Phillips later on, we've got him on the squad, and, and that's, as I understand it, a slightly wider role. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's people sort of doing consultancy across the 15s and 7s. So kind of boxes are being ticked, and Ryan Jones is very much across it. Um, how much does it affect players, though, within that squad? Um, look, I think there'll be a lot of chatter around it um, at the moment. Um, you're a little bit way out from the start of Six Nations where that's kind of where it needs to be buried. Um, I'm sure, you know, uh, Lily Crap's come in now as captain, hasn't she? So I'm sure that she'll pull the girls together and be like, look, it, it, this is what it is. This is on the table. We've got a job to do. Let's get on with it. Um, but I suspect that, you know, some people will be asking questions, especially in that kind of leadership role. If you don't know who your coaches are, um, and maybe they do. And maybe then it's not being released, and I'm sure that they probably do. But I think they need to have a real clarity as a team of who you're who you're following and who's leading you you in the way. So I, I would have thought, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we'll probably hear more, um, understand who is going to be leading the side in terms of management. Um, and I'm sure the girls will just be like, look, we just want to crack on, we want to move forward. We had a good autumn. Let's build on that. Let's not let something like this affect what we want to try and do this Six Nations. Yeah, indeed, they did have a good autumn. Um, Ireland, uh, these two playing each other actually uh, in a, in a warm up game. Um, the Ireland squad, some young blood in there. Grace Miller, sister of Alison. But I suspect that that the core of that squad is going to come from that Leinster squad, who obviously you know up close and personal from the from <laughs> the big game in, in December. Lindsay Pete was. Unbelievable. Dugang in the, the prop. Hannah O'Connor at eight. Seni Napu, of course. A bit like the men. It'll be the core of that side will be from Leinster. Yeah, I think very much so. But it's good to see that they've got some young blood coming in. And what Ireland will probably do um, 
is when you've got young players coming in, you certainly don't throw them all out there together. You, you know, you surround them either side with experience and players who... them in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you nurture them that way because that's the best the way that you'll get the most out of them and direct them in. I'm sure Grace Miller's had plenty of stories from her sister, um, good and bad, um, about being a part of the Irish team. Um, but she'll definitely be one to, to look out for because um, Alison Miller was always a you know a top-rated player when we played against her. So It just seems like both at Wales and, and Ireland, just veering on the side of um, a little bit of youth, um, which, you know, midway through the three-year World Cup cycle is, wouldn't be a problem, would it, really, I suppose? Um, on to Scotland. This is their squad for, for the, the Spain game, a sort of warm-up. Molly Wright from Watsonians, Leah Bartlett, uh, their first selection. Uh, Leah Bartlett, a Loughborough Lightning player, alongside Sarah Bonner, Rachel Malcolm, the, the skipper she's injured at the moment, uh, Rona Lloyd, Helen Nelson, who steps into to skipper. Uh, there's a lot of Scotland players at DMP as well. Uh, it's a good-looking squad, and a squad that is now getting, week in, week out, the best rugby they club rugby they can get yeah I think you know it's going to show what exactly the Tyrrells has provided for for a lot of the Scottish players and um, you know obviously we've got some players down at Harlequins and they take a huge amount of what they do here back to to national team um but yeah look the Scotland's been trying to it's been kicking on hasn't it since obviously autumn out in South Africa they had you know relatively good um campaign but they it's kind of been up and down um and I would have thought they would want to get this game you know, off to a good start so that they can roll into Six Nations with confidence and um, having tried some new players, different combinations, and then try and settle into Six Nations. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, hear from all these all these squads as a Six Nation goes through. Certainly like to get uh, to get Goose, the uh, the Scotland coach, on the podcast as well. Well, let's, let's turn our attentions then to uh, TPs. At the weekend, it was round 11. And you were down in the West Country. How was that for you? Gloucester Hartbury, 17-29, you eventually won the game. Yeah, I guess when you look at that score sheet, it looks like we won quite comfortable, but it was a real contest for, for 80 minutes. Um, not by any surprise. We knew that they were going to be really physical, um, but it's definitely you're seeing um, you know that team solidly being a decent um, fourth team. Like that's the right place for them to be. You know, you could question you know, that fourth, fifth spot, but no, Gloucester came out of the blocks and obviously the new coach has is, is only just started. It was his first week. So to start implementing, you know, things that he wants going forward, um, it would be quite a, quite an exciting team to look over the next couple of years. What are the messages post the end of the game from Gary Street and Carol Finley, your co-head coaches? Um, I think it's kind of, unfortunately, similar messages, in, you know, how we start is is massive. Um, we we give up the ball really easily at times. You know we do something really well. We score a try, and then all of a sudden we're receiving a kick off, and we give the ball back, and then we put ourselves under more pressure, or we give away a silly penalty. Um, but yeah, we had a bit of a tough day um, on on the side of the ref, um, so that also didn't help. Um, but look, wins a win, bonus point away. We didn't let them get anything out of the game, so still plenty of positives to come away with. Hundred percent. Let's let's stick with the referee. Worcester Richmond at six ways, part of a double header with the men's. It was their first time of doing that. It was live streamed. Um, the reason I mentioned the referee, Latoya Mason was. Yeah, I saw that when I was watching. She's fab. She's brilliant. We had really a, good, really, really good, really impressive. One decision, a fifty-fifty. 
Um, I was there commentating with. Wow, with if Heather, it was only Heather one, Fisher. she's really, really good then. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, hundred um, percent. And it was a fifty-fifty. But I mean, geez, uh, communicated with the player as well. I had a little laugh and joke with her before the game. Said, "Well, of course you've scrum half, so you've been talking at the refs." She knows all the tricks. Life. That's it. You can't trick her. You can't trick a tricker. But it, but in terms of, in terms of that game, Worcester twenty-four, Richmond seventeen. Uh, Richmond came straight out of the blocks first minute. Great score from them. Um, their offloading ability. The way I represent Richmond, if, if I may give my opinion, it spikes a really, really good play, and then it would drop back down again. And and it, it, the the graph, like a sort of really bizarre heart monitor, up and down. Whereas the Worcester graph was was far more consistent. I think Joe Yap is 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 quite clearly doing some sensational things there um, off the field, getting the women's program integrated into the club. You know, you have that luxury Harlequins, that's that's done and dusted already. Um, but doing that, getting full-time medical staff, strengthening, conditioning, all that kind of stuff. Because when the shake-up at the end of the season comes, it's not just about the playing ability and where you finish in the table. She realises that. But on the field, they play really, really well. Big names stood up and some youngsters as well. Um, Charlotte Harris was, was pick of the bunch. Yeah, do you know what? I'm really pleased that that's been a competitive game. You know, it's a close scoring margin. Lydia Thomas only scored in what the last sort of ten minutes to to really seal it and to to close the game. She up. can finish, can't she? Lydia Thompson, by the way. Your what friend. did I say? Lydia Tom- Thomas. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, Lydia. Sorry, Lids. <laughs> um, you know, she she's so nice. She'd be like, "Don't worry about it. It's fine. She's, it's fine. You can call me whatever." No, yeah, you do not want to be in space or even in the smallest bit of space with her and the ball in hands because we've seen it time again World Cup final 2017 three yep. players on her she picks up a loose ball dodges around the side of them no one can stop her so yeah no. France in the autumn and let's not let's not forget one couple of weeks ago against Harlequins I wasn't there sorry I was in Kenya <laughs> oh good, good I would have caught her yeah 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 right good team player um <laughs> Speaking of good team player, Kim Oliver's Bristol. They came off the back of um, four losses in a row. Amber Reid was back. Good for Bristol. Good for Red Rose, you suspect. First time to see, see Amber in seven months. 49 nil. they beat uh, Waterloo. Yeah, really pleased with this result for, for Kim Oliver and her side. Um, they needed this win and they needed to turn things around. And by all accounts, they did, you know. Uh, I think it was kind of four or five tries scored on the backs as well. So obviously Amber's had a huge impact coming straight in. Um, so yeah, really pleased for them. And uh, the last one, well, not the last one, the last one we're going to talk about now, because we'll talk about uh, the final game with our guests, uh, was DMP, Darlington, Modern Park Sharks, seven, Wasps, 45. Good result on the road. It's not, a, as we've been saying all season, not an easy place to go and play. They're very, very physical DMP this season, Tamara Taylor was was missing. They made a bit lacked a bit of leadership, but Abby down the score sheet, uh, head of the Six Nations, and their front rowers who love scoring. <laughs> uh, West Rico and the young Muir, good result that for Wasps. Yeah, and I, as I mentioned, saw Giselle last night, and she she said it was the best they've ever played. The first forty minutes was the best rugby that they've ever played. I think, um, and I mentioned to her, you know, obviously must be good having Harriet back and also Claudia back as well, um, which made a huge difference and a huge impact. And Abby Dow's been on form this whole season so far, so it's good to see that Wasps have come out of a great performance. Probably would have, you know, with or without tomorrow, you would probably still expect you know a bit more of a fight there from them, but. Yeah, when you when you're on form as Wasps were in that game, then it's difficult to to come back from. 
I'm Jill Burns, and you're listening to the wonderful Women's Rugby Pod. And of course, the final game of the weekend was Saracens, but it leads us nicely onto our first guest. The battle for that top spot in the Tyrrells Premier 15s has been fantastic all season long, and I'm delighted to say we are joined on the Women's Rugby Pod by Saracens and England flanker Vicky Fleetwood. Happy New Year to you, Vicky. Happy New Year to you as well. How are you both? Good, thank you. Very, very and well. How, and you. how's the French coming along? <laughs> Bien sûr. <laughs> I, I think I'll be all right, Vic. I'm, I'm slightly worried about birth, though, I have to say. Hey. No. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I could. someone listens. That's good, isn't it? Um, uh, Vicky, let's just uh, have your reflections on Saturday's game, if we would. Um, I know you weren't playing, but Loughborough... Tough opposition, and it, and it proved that way. Yeah, I, I wasn't playing. I um I got to sit right at the top uh, in the stand on the comfy seats, covered in a blanket, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I think Saris will be um really impressed with how they actually started. So um something that we've been trying to work on all season is coming out of that changing room and, and being ready to go from from the first whistle and it's something that we've struggled with so um yeah they'll be impressed with that but the fact that they couldn't keep that going kind of for the full 80 um and they let Loughborough in in the second half um that'll be something to work on going forward into the game this weekend against Worcester was that was that more uh, your teammates taking the foot of the pedal, or was that some 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 nice play from from Loughborough? Um, I mean, I don't know what was said in the changing room beforehand, but um, for, just from watching, I think it's the best that we've defended. Um, everyone was getting off the line, making their hits, and we just stopped Loughborough from playing. Um, so I think that's something that they can really. Um, take pride in that they defended their line really well for that first half um, and something just slipped um, coming out into the second half and, and Loughborough really managed to put their um, put their foot down and they got two quick tries um, early on in that second half. Yeah, you, as you say, a tremendous start. What was it, four tries before even the, the half-time whistle? Um, but but it, 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 it seems, Vicky, that at times when you need it, you like hit a, a power button and, of course, it's fairly obvious to say because you've got some incredibly powerful athletes in that side. We don't don't need to name them, but is there a, is there a certain call where you say, "Do you know what? Right, here we go. Next five minutes, it's utter power, utter physicality." Or is it just something you you, you pride yourselves on? That's the mantra, just to be as physical as you can all the time. I think that's just something that Saris like to pride themselves on. Um, is that they'll they'll keep hitting hard, they'll keep going, that work rate. Um, is something that they try and drive on a Tuesday and a Thursday night into every single player. Um, and sometimes when we, we come off that, it takes you know some of the senior players to bring everyone in and just say, look, um, we're not giving it enough. We need to just give a little bit more uh, and get ourselves back on track. And you know that's when everyone is then on the same page. Okay, and it seems to me from the outside that... Um other people as well that your offloading games coming more into play is, is that would that be true or is it just just one of those games which just seem to click a little bit more I think that's something that um, we like to keep the tempo high and if we can get those offloads away um, it's something that we like to play on the back of it's something that it's a skill set that across the board our players seem to have so um, why not bring that into our game week in week out if we can um, and yeah it was a dry day so um, when we were going forward, we were able to make those offloads. That's when you want to bring it into our game. 
How, how much did you rub it in the faces of the, 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 the fellow England players, the likes of Katie Dana McLean and Emily Scarrett? Oh, yeah, the way that um, they pull the strings, those two, um, they're like dumb and dumber. They're just, they're a pair and they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, and I, I think you have to try and shut those two players out of the game. And I think Loughborough struggled not having um, Lark Davis and um, some other, you know, big forwards carrying that up front, being able to release the back. So Rona, Rona Lloyd didn't get a hand on the ball as much as hopefully uh, she will get in uh, this coming week. Um, but yes, yeah, she was shut out of the game. Um, and I think that's credit to the Surrey's defence. I absolutely love that. Describing Emily and Katie as Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. That is brilliant. <laughs> Next time I see them, I'm going to pile in with that. Absolutely. And you must be uh, looking forward already to, to doing the double over Quinns uh, in, hey, in March, aren't you, Vicky? Well, yeah, um, it's always a tasty match-up between uh, ourselves and Quinns. So, yeah, obviously we need to just look at the game in hand um, and keep going week on week. But obviously, um, Quinns at home, uh, a good one, yeah, definitely. Have you been impressed by them so far, Beth? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked Beth if she'd been impressed by you so far. But look, 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 let, let's let's um, let's get really really serious now. You two, uh, a couple of pineapple heads that you are. Um, talk us through the hair, you two. Um, who 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 who's the hairdresser in the squad? Are there pre-match rituals? Do you choose a star weeks in advance, or is it on the morning? How, how does it work? I think. With the hair thing, like, it was nice when there's more than one person to be able to do it, really, because before a game, obviously, you want to focus on yourself, getting yourself prepped and everything for your own game, and then you've got 15, 16 girls who then want the hair braided on top of that, um, trying to fit them all in. It's quite hard work, so it's quite nice when there's a few of the girls that are able to plait the hair. Yeah, I remember um, Hannah Bottomham actually made an appointment list for me once. I had it on the door, <laughs> then put her own number is so people could phone in. Um, and actually, but it's quite funny. People get quite precious, don't they? So like, if um, if you do it certain, if you do it wrongly, or if it's going to the wrong side, etc., people will be like, "Oh no, can you redo it?" Um, but also, we can get quite precious, can't we? As as the actual platters, like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't want me to do her? Why don't you want me to? See? Yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a funny thing all the way around. The uh, professional hairdresser come oh, yeah. in and take over duties. <laughs> so Shauna Brown decided to just invite a real hairdresser. What? W- yeah, into camp um, during all Six Nations and all terms, and, and it made us redundant. We had a few loyal loyal ones, didn't we? Yeah, a few would come and, and sneakily go. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want the hairdressers to do it. I like how you do it. So you know, yeah, a few few stuck with us. Well, honestly, girls, if if the rug if the rugby doesn't um, yeah go exactly where you yeah, want it to, well, you you work up with it. You can always take it up. Vicky, back back to rugby. Um, we all know he's a, a World Cup winning um, hooker, of course. But now you're mainly playing on, on the flank. Um, why that decision? Um, happy with that decision? Uh, yeah, I'm really happy with that decision. Um, I think the fact that I'd kind of gone from 15s over to 7s, back to 15s, back to 7s, um, I'm just not big enough really to be in the front row. Um, And although I could kind of like hold my own for the number of years that I I kind of stayed there, I'm a little bit lighter even now than I was a couple of years ago. So um, I'm not blessed with much height either. 
so um putting on weight doesn't doesn't do me uh, much justice and then I end up kind of losing the aspects of my game which are probably my super strengths so um being able to move to the back rows just mean that meant that I can um be a little bit lighter but just get around the field more and, and bring those attributes uh, into my game but you're still covering it aren't you it's it's still part of your game I mean a little bit yeah I got thrown got thrown in there in the autumns just uh for a cheeky little 10-15 minutes um and I survived so yeah it's something that I can cover and it's I'm keeping up with like my throwing and and doing those those bits for the front row um just in case I am needed um but yeah it's not something that I'd kind of choose to do as an out and out choice now I'm preferring being in the back row and Obviously, we have Six Nations on the horizon now. Um, how's things going in camp? You know, like, how's the feeling amongst the team? Yeah, so we're just kind of slowly building um, from Christmas. Uh, we came in and everyone kind of has that fitness testing um, hanging over them throughout the whole of the Christmas. So that's the first thing that we do when we go back into camp. And once that's over, it's then on to, on to us as building as um, a squad and then focusing in on the first game of the Six Nations. And obviously, we're up against France's first game. So without kind of writing off the other teams and with you know no disrespect to the other nations, but um, France is kind of probably our toughest opposition. So there's going to be a big focus on them um, the next couple of weeks uh, leading into that game. Um, we've come up against them, obviously, quite a bit in the last year or so and we need to just make sure that um, we're adapting and evolving and making sure that um, set piece isn't something that they can pick off easily just through having seen it time and time again Um, so we've kept a few things in the locker and we've not shown all our cards yet so just focusing on making sure that we bring something a little bit different um, but yeah focusing on us um, a little bit more than than them obviously. Talking about France there how much Will those two victories in the autumn uh, have have a play in that opening game of the Six Nations? Mentally, more than anything else? Yeah, I think mentally for us, just knowing that, that we can do it and we can do it away because playing France away is such a huge, huge occasion. Um, so for us to beat them away first off in the, in the autumns and then again back it up at home um, for our girls is a huge thing mentally. But also for them... Um, knowing that we've kind of beaten them four times on the bounce as well, that's going to be in the back of their head too. So yeah, it's definitely something um, that we can take into the game. And on the back of like Tyrrell's um, Premier 15, you know, players on form, is there anybody that's been kind of standing out in, in training, in England training? Um, yeah, so in the forwards, for me, it's got to be Zoe Oldcroft. Um, her work rate is always relentless. She's like, She's so tenacious in the tackle. Um, she just puts her head down, gets the work done, and her line-out skills are just fantastic. So, yeah, she's the one in the forwards. That's that's definitely one for me. And um, and in the backs, I'd say Abby Dow on the wing. Uh, she's she's lightning quick, but she's she's so powerful and dominant in the collision as well. Um, she's horrible to tackle, isn't she? I think she's really improved. Yeah, she's definitely horrible to tackle, Abby Dow, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's solid. Yeah, I think I agree with you in, in terms of Zoe Allcroft. Like, she obviously had a, a long time out with injury, and you've kind of just started to see her come right back into the form that she was, going back to the World Cup. Um, so it's really, really good to see. 
yeah, she's been performing for Gloucester Hartbury week in, week out. Um, and she does exactly the same at England camp and whenever she puts on that, that England shirt as well. So, yeah, I definitely think she'll be one to watch through the so funny, like the difference of her off the pitch, isn't she? She's like the nicest girl to talk to, speaks so softly, like, you're all right, Zor. Um, although I bet her friends wouldn't say that. But um, <laughs> yeah, she's pretty quiet, just keep, keeps herself to herself, keeps her head down, gets the job done. Um, she's great on a night out as well, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard as well, which is why I said her friends would probably say different. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you invite her to your 30th, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'll get her on the list. Who are the best people on a night out then in England camp then? You've gone there. Let's go there. I mean, I think Emily Scarrett's a good one. She's always up for a laugh. She is she Harry she or Lloyd? Likes a drink. <laughs> Pardon? Is she Harry or Lloyd? Oh, I don't know. I don't know which one's which, but it's just the way they are together. That's why they're dumb and dumber. Nice. No, anyway, so you were talking about Emily Scarrett on a night out. Sorry. Yeah, Emily Scarrett. Um, who have Marley Packer. <laughs> she, she, she's a good one on a night out. Um, who else? Who she normally needs an escort home, though. Marley does. Marley, does she? Yeah. yeah. That's been me, taxi service a few times. Right. It's more about who can go the length, I think. And who's the, who are the dark horses then? Who would you not expect to be great on a team social and then absolutely rip through it? Well, I reckon people who don't know her would not think that Emily Scott is a big night out. If you knew her, then you know, you know, Essex girl from Thurrock, they know how to party. But yeah, she's always one of the girls who's last standing. And any, anyone from Saracens? Poppy's up there, isn't she? Yeah, Poppy or, or Bryony or McKenna. Oh, God, Bryony. Of course, Bryony. Yeah. How have you forgotten yeah, about Bryony? <laughs> yeah, Bryony. It's because she's been injured for so long. The young girls, so like Zoe, um, Harrison and Jess, they'll go out, but they're just like dance all night and then... Let's just go home early. Right. Really disappointing, yeah. Not how it used to be. <laughs> yeah, you need to teach them birth. Okay, well, uh, the weekend after next, our attention turns to round four of the HSBC World 7 Series in New Zealand. As ever, the hosts lead the way after back-to-back wins in December with Olympic champions Australia. Six behind them, the USA a couple of points behind them. England way down in ninth. Uh, Vicky, it wasn't too long ago that you were in that mix. Do you keep your eye on the sevens at all? Do you have time to do that with the, with all the training and what have you? Do you have in 15s now with Saracens in England? I don't as much now. I managed to catch a few of the games um, when they were in South Africa. Uh, on the TV, but other than that, I don't, I don't do it as much um, anymore. Um, but yeah, I think they've got themselves stuck in a little bit of a rut. England have, and they end up getting into those brutal pools, um, which are really hard to to get out of. So um, I think something for them going forward into the next competition will be to secure a quarter final place. Really, make sure they get out of the get out of the pool, get some good wins um, and then go into day two um, with a few wins under their belt. And ever ever played in, uh, down in Hamilton? No, I haven't actually. And I also would have loved to be able to go to Cape Town. I think that would have been fantastic. Um, so yeah, jealous of, of them playing there. Is that the only, only like if you want to call it a regret, but moving away from sevens that you have to give up all that glamour of travelling and, and visiting the beautiful countries of like South Africa, Australia? 
Oh yeah, that's definitely um, one of the like positive things about is about playing sevens, isn't it? Um, you get to kind of travel the world and and see these amazing places. Um, I actually even miss kind of being in that pain cave as well when you're playing. <laughs> what do you mean you miss it? You you train hard daily. You're always in the pain cave. You're one of the leaders in that. You just can't ever get to that same place in a 15s game. Um, <laughs> just the stop-start nature of it, the fact that it's an 80-minute game instead of 14 minutes. Um, I just remember... Um, the first time when I played sevens and and you were there actually, Beth. Um, we played. We were in Kazan, and um, all the places. Yeah, just I'd never felt anything like it. Being in that pain cave, not even knowing my name, um, I had no idea what was going on. It was, it was it's just something else, and it's something you get used to. And obviously, you train to be able to to play in that hole. Um, but yeah, it's just, it is kind of something that I do miss. I I. I agree with you on that, that pain cave that your first time you ever filled it. And I remember I remember you on that day. But the other person I remember the first time they ever played sevens was Emily Scarrett. And she was on the sideline because they subbed her off. We, it was, we playing in Rome at midnight was the final. And it was Samurai versus Wooden Spoon. Yeah. Uh, we had the front row of Rocky Clark, Amy Garnett. Um, it was just ridiculous. Proper sevens players. Yeah, proper, yeah. Se- proper sevens players. And um, Emery Scarrett was literally shaking on the sideline because she'd never gone to that level. I mean, she must have been 18, no, maybe 19, but never experienced that sort of level before. And, and we were like, well, welcome to Sevens. Yeah, it's something else, isn't it? And, and unless you've actually played Sevens, you, you can't understand. Johnny, do you want to give your thoughts on playing Sevens? Yeah, I've, I've commentated <laughs> on a lot of Sevens. And... <laughs> And he gets out of breath That's doing that. as close <laughs> as I'm going to get to it. Thanks very much. Uh, look, Vicky, if you don't mind, we'll just one one last little bit with you, uh, if you've got if you've got time, is to uh, just whiz through next weekend's Tyrrell's Premier, Premier 15s games. What we do each week, uh, as you know, because you listen, because we know that already, um, is just to get a quick prediction from you and from Berth. Um, so um, we'll start with Waterloo against Lightning. Only one winner there, presumably, the away team. Yeah, I mean, Loughborough, like I said, put put together a great performance against us. They were unlucky not to, to score in kind of the dying stages of the game. Um, but I think they'll, you know, they'll bounce back. Um, and yeah, I think with, like I said, with Dumb and Dumber out there pulling the strings. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be, um, be winning that one, I think, for me. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think the likes of Katie and Skaz are going to be, you know, hugely influential in that game, um, especially being the last game before Six Nations. They're going to want to get their hands on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. What's up north? The best take some extra gloves. <laughs> it is the Rockies. Um, Was against Bristol. Yes, I mean, I think, I think this is going to be the toughest one to call, to be honest. Because um, Was of, of, you know, they've... They know how to keep the scoreboard ticking over. They've scored some really good tries um, this season so far. Um, they had a really good uh, scoreline last week as well. Um, and they've got Harriet Miller-Mills back. So I think they've got a really strong side. Um, but also with the likes of Berner and um, Amber Reed at uh, Bristol, uh, along with a whole host of Welsh players that they've got I think that'll be quite a, a tough one and I reckon it'll be into the second half which which makes the decide but I think Wasps will will just pull through and, and win that one 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think Wasp will find a way out of it, and, and like you said, keep that scoreboard ticking over. Um, yeah, Bristol obviously had a very good win at the weekend, um, but I, I don't think they're going to be quite ready to, to beat Wasps. Uh, Richmond, Gloucester, Hartbury. Uh, Gloucester, Hartbury are going to win that one, um, especially with the likes of, of Connie running those lines like she did against Uber. Whoa! Why do you need to bring? Why do you need to bring us into it? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was, it wasn't forward. That was that was a fantastic try that she scored. Yeah, right. um, yeah, really, really good. Um, great to see her performing well as well. Um, but yeah, I think Gloucester have got some some really decent players, and they've been putting in some big performances um, week on week. So yeah, I think I think Gloucester will, will come away with that one. Uh, DMP. Uh... Away to Harlequins. D- DMP win there, isn't it? Uh, isn't it, Vicky? <laughs> um, I mean, DMP. Have, you know, they've definitely come on a lot this season. Yeah. Um, and they've got a decent back three. Um, so it'll make make the Quins back three do a bit of work. Um, but yeah, you know, Quins Quins have got this one in the bag. I think. Cheers, girl. Um, you know, whoever whoever they choose, one to fifteen. Um, you always know that Quins are going to put in a good performance. So. And same can be yeah, said about um, about your club uh, away at Worcester, who um, certainly some some very very decent bright shoots um, of recovery and, and, and resurgence under Joe Yap over at uh, Six Ways. Oh yeah, definitely. And and Worcester, like you know, they've called in a few new players. Um, they've got a lot of the the Welsh girls playing there as well. Um, the likes of Jazz Joyce and Lydia Thompson on the wings. They've got threats kind of around the park so they'll definitely make Sarri's work but um, I think on the back of last week's performance um, and the way that they started last week if they can bring that into into this week I definitely think that that Sarri's will come away with the win there as well Okay, I'm going to put you under pressure here Vicky who's going to be the top four? um, Sarri's, Quinn's Gloucester and Lafra In that order? Um, maybe Gloucester and Loughborough the other way around. And who, we, might, we might top you. <laughs> and who's going to win it? Uh, oh, come on. No cigar for this one. I've got to say yes, haven't I? Belief. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, she hesitated, so there's a there's a small bit of doubt there. I'll take it. <laughs> well, I, I look forward to to you two you two pineapple heads being being back on the. Uh, on the field against each other. Figgy, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Um, for all your insight, none more so than the Harry and Lloyd um, comparison for Katie Daly and Emily Scout. That is just genius. Well, look, um, get back on the field really quickly. And as I say, thanks so much for coming back on the pod. Hopefully have you uh, back on uh, sometime in the future. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. I am Chazelle Mather, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, now it's a very warm welcome to Circumnavigator, Guinness World Record Holder, World Player of the Year, and now the new boss of the Wales Women's Seven setup. A very good afternoon to you, Mr. Ollie Phillips. Happy New Year. Thank you. Good afternoon and good evening to you, Rach and Johnny. Uh, Lovely to speak to you. Uh, Ollie, thank you so much for, for joining us. I guess Mr. Phillips now, I, I, I would, I would suspect. But far more importantly than any new job in in any world is you've just become a, a father for the second time. Many congratulations. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was Wednesday morning. Um, 
and you know obviously trying to keep the, the Welsh theme going our, our little baby daughter was born eight pounds ten ounces and is named Nia Rose Nia Rose Phillips so um you know a bit of Welsh a bit of English thrown in there for good measure as well Huge congratulations. I mean, what a hell of a week you're having. Yeah, it's been uh, a bumper roller coaster. Just pack it all in in one fell swoop. But it's, yeah, it's been brilliant. I mean, most, most kids look like their fathers, obviously. But uh, obviously, being yeah, Benjamin, I'm, I'm, being Benjamin yeah, Button really as you are, a newborn, you look absolutely identical, I would have thought. Like looking well, in a mirror. Just, yeah, I, I'm basically hoping that none of my um, children look anything like me whatsoever. Then they'll be absolutely fine in life. <laughs> it all... <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, mum and baby doing well? Absolutely excellent. Uh, unbelievable. It was, um, without sparing you any of the very gory details, it was a very unique birth because my wife's uh, waters didn't break. So our Nia was born in the bag, as they say. So, wow. Um, yeah, which is very unusual, apparently. So we had, we uh, at the start, I was a bit panicked because I thought that all the midwives that were rushing in were rushing in because it was an emergency. But they were actually just rushing in because they'd never seen it before. And... Um, we're coming to marvel at it. So I was like, oh. at the start, I was like, this is really nerve-wracking. Are you all coming because my wife's on the verge of a very you know, major mishap? Turned out they're all mar- just coming to marvel at little Nia being born because they've never seen it. Probably one in 80,000 or something are born in the bag. Hey, you, you Phillips are very unique. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, mate, just, we, just, we're uh, on the era of a bag for life, so it's probably um, you know, exactly, good for the environment. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. We're doing our bit. We're doing our bit. Look, joking aside, uh, great, great. As I say, great to have you on the pod, um, uh, a gentleman who, Berth and I, we, we both know you uh, very well for, for different reasons. But just got the, the Wales Women job announced. What uh, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday uh, at the. Uh, how did that come Kai. about, Ollie? Um, it's been a little bit of time in the in the making. To be honest, it was sort of. I was actually on honeymoon, believe it or not, in September. And uh, Ryan Jones, who's now sort of head of performance for the WRU across both sort of men and the women's game, uh, rang me and just sort of said, "Look, you know, we're uh, Richie Pugh's about to go to um, to take up a role with the Ospreys, and you know, we really would like somebody to come in who's got a, you know a good background and good good pedigree in the in the sevens environment." Um, he said, "Look, nobody else is available, so um, you'll, you'll have to do." Um, but uh, and, and also he sort of said, "Look, you know, we as a as a union and as a focus point for the female game, you know, we see sevens being a, you know, a, a cornerstone of that. We would really like to ramp that up, and I, and I would really welcome the opportunity for for you to come in and yeah, and, and be part of that and help us shape and, and build that. You know, and you know, where they are in their maturity in terms of the women's game." They had a pretty good autumn internationals. Um, you know, their sevens program is uh, it, well, it's starting to grow now. But you know, it, in terms of where they are, they're they're in the rugby Europe tournament stage. So you know, our ambitions now are to let's get ourselves onto the World Series, um, and equally, let's see if we can get as many of our players into GB squads and and be as competitive as we can at things like Commonwealth Games and whatever else um, moving forward. So you know, lots of ambition, lots of lots of targets, but. Um, it equally just a fantastic opportunity to be honest I'm, I'm really excited about it and it's a, a brilliant group of players brilliant group of girls and Ollie so you're a bit of a you're a city boy at the moment was coaching ever on the radar or is it just kind of an opportunity that's come up and now you're you're looking in on it yeah if I'm honest I'd always loved loved my coaching and and you know was you know the classic armchair coach um watching a lot of games but I yeah I mean I, I hadn't been heavily involved I I'd 
kept my toe in the water by coaching a a school in Richmond every Tuesday morning before I used to go to work. Basically, they asked me to sort of work on with some of their um, some of their sort of up and coming young talent. So I'd, I'd done that for about three years at a school called Old Grey Court in in Ham. But aside from that, no, if I'm really honest, for me, it's a little bit of like, okay, got to refresh myself in terms of you know, what methods of coaching and ways of talking to, to, to people and to the girls and whatever else. Uh, and then equally sort of making sure that I, 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 I back myself up with some you know, really great support staff. So um, we've, I've sort of recruited in now across both programs, so they're going to work with the men and the women. Uh, Adam Thomas, who's sort of over 50 caps for Wales, um, and it, well, you guys will both know the other lad, but you know Chris Cracknell is going to come in and do a little bit of uh, consulting as well with us, just to just to try uh, just try and try and give as much knowledge and insight to the girls as possible, so that we can you know, help help develop them and um, and build the program out. Talking to, to Crackers yesterday, actually, um, so yeah, good to, good to have him on board. Obviously, did some just great stuff with the, the Fiji women. Uh, in the past, Ollie, are you saying a, not a particularly conventional route? Although obviously you're, you're, <laughs> you're so like you anyway, but um, your your pedigree in sevens is is almost unrivaled. Uh, certainly for, for an Englishman, World Player of the Year. Well, have you? A, but unconventional route there. I mean, you've you've been off as we mentioned, uh, going up Everest, circumnavigating the globe, yak wrestling, monkey tennis, all the rest of it. What <laughs> what? Uh, what lessons from those sort of sort of life journeys that you've had um, can you bring into coaching? Do you think? Well, I just I'm obviously going to introduce yak wrestling into the mixer within the Welsh you know, the Welsh setup 100 percent just to see how how they all go. Um, That's one way to make uh, yourself unpopular yeah, straight away. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, one way, it's one way to lose the change room before you even start. Um, yeah, those challenges were amazing, but a lot of it was all centered around bringing together a group of people that hadn't necessarily. Uh, well done anything like that before and equally had um, never really met each other before so one advantageous position is a lot of these girls know each other the second part though is very relevant of we're going to try and do things that they and Welsh Welsh rugby have have never done before and and that is we're going to try and uh, build a program that is competitive on the HSBC World 7 Series we've got to get and qualify for that and then I want us to be winning on that you know, I want us to be challenging for silverware and I'm under no illusions that's going to take some time but there is the you know the pedigree if you like within Wales to you know to deliver that at the moment we're miles behind some of the the, the, I guess the bigger known names, the bigger known nations, England being one of them, you know, but obviously England, New Zealand, Australia, um, that are leading the way, leading the charge in terms of uh, you know their, their women's programs. But you know, we've, I, I, I am pretty confident that it, we we can do this in a well in a in inverted commas relatively short space of time, um, uh, and because just because of the talent that I'm seeing there, and the, you know the challenge is not just with the Welsh team. You know, there's some away, away from the field. There's all the other opportunities that we're looking at of, you know, how do we start to build competitive league structures within Wales? How do we actually start to harness and nurture and attract female talent? How do we look at crossover athletes that are perhaps playing whatever, netball, basketball, athletics that want to have the opportunity to go and win Commonwealth Games medals, win Olympic gold medals, you know, and they can do that playing for Wales, playing for Wales women and playing sevens for, for Wales. So um, yeah, so there's all these things that are going on on and off the field. 
um, that I'm sort of getting involved with and there's some brilliant people uh, in the background Ryan Jones mentioned already him but another lady called Charlotte Watham that are, are really driving it and yeah, yeah if I'm honest it, it's, it's, it's great to yeah it's, it's blue sky thinking at the moment and then it's just putting it all into practice but the crucial part is we need to be performing on the field and how do we get the the group of girls that we've currently got absolutely absolutely humming now they, they had a good autumn and now we need to you know we need to, we need to take it to the next level so great ambition and, and if any country's got the pride and passion that they do within rugby it's definitely Wales to, to try and match that but where do you start then Ollie like what's first on the to-do list where are you going in at where do you think is you know the priority um, in that big list that you've just mentioned yeah well I've got to make sure I get let over the bridge first that's number one priority <laughs> that you know, the Welsh actually welcome an Englishman um, you look good no, right? it, it, Thanks, thanks, mate. Yeah, thank you. Not many colours that do suit me, but there we go. Red and silver seem to go well together, apparently. So there we go. Um, no, I, where do we start? Both, you know, the, you know, the the biggest thing, the biggest area where we're looking at, at the moment are that you know, we, we need as a as a as a country, as a nation, if you like, across our 15s and sevens program, just to get fitter. You know, work on getting our just basically putting in the hard work <clears throat> because actually their footballing ability is pretty good. Um, and obviously there's loads of areas that we need to work on within that um, but in terms of our core skills and our core skill development but actually as a as a foundation level they're you know they're, they're pretty good they're pretty competent but it's just actually that we can't execute that when we're absolutely knackered because we get knackered too quickly um, so yeah so so I think you know, that's the, the main sort of focus at the moment how do we get ourselves to a world class foundation level in terms of our, our fitness on and off the fi- on the field and, and away from the field um, and then how do we start to layer that with great game understanding um, and just driving home with them the, the importance of being able to pass tackle make decisions at a breakdown under fatigue at you know un- at, at full pace Know, with a lot of pressure on you and the more opportunities we can give the girls to be in those environments to be surrounded by those sorts of decision making processes the better and that's that's what I'm trying to provide at the moment for them um, in our sevens environment and then working with people like Chris Horseman Geraint Lewis Gareth Wyatt from the 15 side to make sure that the you know, that, that, that I guess that that messaging, those ambitions are, tr- are translating into the 15s too, and and that is happening at the moment. To be honest, because because as I said, we haven't got masses and masses of players, so we are a bit like England, you know, were or do as well, you know, sharing player pool. You know, we've got players that are crossing over, playing 15s, playing sevens, so we've got to make sure that we're maximising their potential and equally m- managing their load. And have you had any players that have stood out straight away to you yet? That you yeah, can I mean, mention? There's, the, there's the obvious. There are some of the obvious players, I think, you know, that I, I think are already in that shop window from a GB perspective. Someone like Jazz Joyce is, you know, a, a world-class athlete and um, a really exciting talent. Actually, the reality of her is she's still got miles to go in terms of her development, which is quite exciting. And she's still in her early 20s. So that's pretty, pretty encouraging. There's a girl that played uh, in the autumn for us, got our first cap, Kaylee Powell, tough as nails. Hey, absolutely brilliant work rate. You know, loves getting amongst it and really exciting talent. And then I could look at somebody like Becca Lachlan, who people probably haven't heard of either, but a crossover athlete, used to play tennis for Wales, first year into playing touch rugby, yeah, and then decided, oh, actually, I quite like this, I want to go play full-time. It's done a year now, already broken into the Welsh squad and 
They're really exciting talent. That's just a few of them. Yeah, the main thing at the moment is how do we get you girls to a position whereby you are fully understanding, fully cognizant of what you need to do and how do we put you, push you to a level whereby you're absolutely blowing and yet you can manage it and still execute everything else at the same time. If we can do that, we'll win more games than we lose. Well, I, I have that problem just going up the stairs at home. So, um, <laughs> and again, look, you win if, if you need any sort of, another consultant, Ollie, you know, you know where to come. Well, I think we should bring the stair challenge in for them. That should be the Johnny the Hammond stair challenge. We'll wrap things up there. Again, thank you so much for coming on. I, I, as ever, um, those of you who don't know you as, as well as Berth and I, you, you're always adding excitement to, to your life. And this is just a, another incredibly exciting chapter. But um, congratulations on the job. Congratulations on the, uh, the new member of the, the Phillips family. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you and speaking to you very soon and watching your progress. Thanks, guys, and a huge congrats on a, on a brilliant, successful podcast. Awesome stuff, and thanks for having me on. Thanks so much. Take care. Cheers, gang. Jock and Val. Jock. Oh, he's great, isn't he? Uh, Ollie Phillips. One of the really, really nice guys, and I know you know him exceptionally well, um, and we were laughing and joking with him there because that's the way he is, but, but there's a real serious side there. There's a real competitive side. You don't do the kind of things that Ollie Phillips has done if you've not got an incredibly competitive spirit. And I think it's a masterstroke from Ryan Jones, especially when you've got the likes of Chris Crackle involved as well. So much rugby intellect there, sevens. Yeah, you know, he's got a really good reputation behind him, you know, um, as a player and some aspects as a coach as well. But he's got great knowledge, understanding, big ambition there, not just about, you know, directly looking after the sevens, but looking at the leagues, looking at, you know, the cross athletes, bringing in different elements that potentially Wales have not looked at yet. So it's definitely an exciting um, opportunity for Wales. And, you know, just like him talking there about the likes of Jazz Joyce, who is, you know, she's an Olympian. She's very, very high skilled for him to say, you know, she's still got so much more to go is quite an exciting place to be in so yeah really wish him all the best of luck there and yeah I'd love to see Wales get on the HSBC 7 series circuit we will look on with interest I'm Kira Bevan and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod and finally, yes, that's uh, time of the show, I'm afraid. Must just tell you about Captain of Sutton and Epsom Ladies Under-15s team. She campaigned at Blenheim High School uh, with an impassioned letter for rugby to be added to their curriculum for girls and not just boys. And who knew it? Last week, their new team won 40 points to 20. So uh, a brilliant uh, brilliant story there from Sutton, Sutton and Epsom RFC. That's awesome. I love hearing stuff like that. But we've also got more huge news. The first ever Women's Deaf International in the Northern Hemisphere will be held on Sunday the 19th at Harlow RFC at 13.40 kickoff time. Yeah, and a big congratulations to Giselle Mather, who recognised last night for her services to the game at the Rugby Writers' Dinner. That's all from us this week. A huge thanks to Vicky and Ollie for joining us and to producer Jez. Next week, we'll hopefully be inside the England camp, plus news from the other camps ahead of the looming Six Nations. And of course, we'll look back on round 12 of the Tyrrells as the club game comes to a break for the international teams to get together ahead of the Six Nations. And remember, subscribe, rate and get on Instagram. Yeah, and if you've got any stories like that Sutton Epsom story or the Death Rugby, please just tag us in Instagram or Twitter at podwomensrugby. And remember, whatever you're doing to support the women's game, wherever you are, keep it up. Until next time.